0: going with four the four Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Just as, I was just checking to see if you were listening. <laughs> From Destra, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference. okay? Thank you.
1: Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of
0: out there. You got barbecue back there and you didn't invite me. Um, I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison.
1: Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio
0: and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are beginning our 2023 NFL draft coverage. We are going in, we are getting into the weeds, we got about a month to go before the draft. Um, we're going to have the next four episodes of this podcast are going to be NFL draft related. Today, we're doing a little bit of an introduction, answering some questions, kind of just some general draft talk. For those of you who may have kind of tuned out, who, who were, sweep, were sweeped up, my God, I can't even speak, who were swept up in the excitement that was FAU's final four run. Um, if, if, if you're just not paying attention to the draft because of that, don't worry. I'm right there with you guys. Uh, we will be talking about that today. Next week, we will talk about some offensive players, specifically different position groups. We will have the quarterback discussion next week. We will have the should someone take Bijan John Robinson in the first round discussion next week. We will have all those offensive discussions in the next week. The week after that, we'll talk about defensive players. And then the week after that is draft week. So we will be giving you our mock draft. That will go up on April 27th, Thursday. That is the day of the first round of the draft. We will be doing a one-round mock, uh, first-round mock specifically. So that means 31 picks because for some reason, Steven Ross decided to talk to Tom Brady and lose the first-round draft pick for the Dolphins in a year where they are legit uh, Super Bowl contenders. So even when he does well, even when Steven Ross is so great And wonderful that he restructures contracts to be able to give us cap space. He still, still does a lot of things wrong. So um, that is on the docket for this coming month. Um, But first, Tyler, we have to begin with some, I would call it sad news. Would you? I definitely would.
1: i call it sad news. I mean, I don't know. It's definitely not happy news. Um...
0: I think we have to temporarily retire the... When will Sergio put this ad break in the show? Ah. Um, we we do, Ah. I know, I know, we have to retire it, and it is because, um, the the I can't (laughs) take it, stop it, he's already dead. No, Ah. (laughs) continue, no, but in all seriousness, um, the Pigskin Podcast Network, who we partnered with at the beginning of this, um, at the beginning of 2023 unfortunately, um, has gone out of business. And so we are no longer sponsored by DraftKings. We are no longer a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. But that doesn't mean that the podcast is going away. We are continuing with the pod as normal. If something comes up or we join somewhere else, we will let you all know. Um, But we are going back to how we used to do it independently. And uh, we are very excited to continue this journey, Tyler, just because we have that little setback doesn't mean We are going away. Am I right, my friend?
1: Oh, absolutely not. No, you can't get rid of us that easy. Um,
0: (laughs) They thought they could get rid of us, Tyler. (laughs) Um,
1: We're harder to get rid of than a Miami Dolphins first round draft pick.
0: Oh, boom. There he is. What a great transition, Tyler, because we are going to be talking about the team that will win the Super Bowl next year. That's kind of crazy, (laughs) Tyler. What a crazy transition. No, I'm, I'm Hope I hopefully that's curious. what this episode is about. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But in the moment right now, I am joking. Let's go ahead and talk about the 2023 NFL draft. The ceremony will take place in Kansas City um, Thursday, April 27th, all the way through that Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry, through that Saturday, um, April 29th. So that is when the draft is taking place, all seven rounds. Um, Tyler, I just kind of gave us a few categories. It's going to be a shorter episode today, just to get our feet wet with the draft. <laughs> Tyler, what's the biggest draft story of this cycle for you, right? What do you think is kind of the defining story that everyone should know heading into the draft at the end of the month? Well, it's, you know, obviously the, the Miami Dolphins have forfeited. I'm just kidding. Um, that has been another episode of <laughs>
1: – <laughs> uh, No. So, I mean, the biggest draft storyline, um, it feels like – so as a person who like, listens to a lot of draft media – um, I feel like this is a cop-out, but I realize we haven't talked about it that much on our podcast, but mm-hmm. it, I, it feels like a cop-out a little bit. But the reality is the biggest draft story is, um, who's going number one overall, because this is in, a, in an actually interesting year, mm-hmm. we really don't know, yeah. um, who is going number one overall. Now, important thing to know, I'm just going to, I'm going to read out the top 10 of the, uh, for the draft picking order, just so that we have it for the listeners. Number one is the Carolina Panthers, after trading uh, assets from the Chica- uh, to the Chicago Bears to get the number one overall pick. Number so, two, so you Texans.
0: mean to tell me you mean to tell me the Carolina Panthers they had the assets?
1: They had the assets, correct? Okay, um, I
0: just just wanted to point that out. Yeah. I'm very familiar with people who have the assets. That's why I wanted to know. Oh <laughs> uh, uh,
1: shocking!
0: Um, uh, number two, uh, the Houston Texans. Ha ha. Um, Shout out uh, to Lovey uh, Smith. One time for another time, Lovey Smith. losing, (laughs) Winning that game at the end of last season. Jags fans everywhere, thank you. (laughs) Shout out, Davis Mills. Um, Uh
1: uh, Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. Number four, the Indianapolis Colts. Number five, the Seattle Seahawks uh, acquired from a trade with the Denver Broncos for Russell Wilson. Um, uh, Number six, the Detroit Lions acquired from a trade from the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, number nine, the Chicago Bears, they got uh, swap picks with uh, Carolina for this Carolina's original spot. And number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles from a trade with the New Orleans Saints. Um, that's just the top 10. But the big thing is that we've got four quarterbacks that look like they are um, up there amongst uh, everything. And the biggest draft story is that... Um, it's the quarterback run is gonna. There, I don't see any of these quarterbacks making it out of the top 10. That those quarterbacks being Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis. Um, given the basic like what we all knew would happen w- with Anthony Richardson at the combine, which is where he tested like crazy and also interviewed like crazy because he is a great kid. Um, he, he got the Cam, he,
0: Cam Newton comps, which yeah. says something
1: that says something, but um this is a strange year where despite like, yes, the number one pick is the biggest storyline, but a lot of years we kind of know who it's going to be like, like the Cincinnati, like the Bengals burrow year was so uninteresting. Cause you're like, they're picking Joe Burrow. What, what's the point of this? Um, like the draft doesn't start here. The draft, but the draft still starts at number one because Carolina traded up to get into that spot over the Texans and the Colts, the two teams that were really gunning for it. Um, and Carolina has not been very clear on who they want to select for a long period of time, Bryce Young was considered the number one uh, quarterback prospect. And I still think, I would say, is, I think, the best, was definitely the best player out of the four in college. But this, there's the size issues and things like that. But Carolina's not made it clear who they're going to take. They could take Bryce Young. They could take C.J. Stroud. There's a possibility they could take Anthony Richardson, given all the potential mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah. So that, that mystery... And the fact that I believe all four of these quarterbacks, including Will Levis, are going to be gone in my pick 10. And it's just a matter of – because there's a lot of quarterback community teams. Who's taking it? The Raiders probably want one. Um, who, uh, who else? The Raiders want one. Tennessee, if one were ever to fall down to them, would definitely want one. Um, Atlanta says they're not going to take one, but I don't know. Pete Carroll has talked openly uh, for, for Seattle about how, hey, yeah, we know we have Geno Smith, but we're thinking about a quarterback. When are we gonna mm-hmm. be? Up, when are we gonna be this high again and not be tanking? Like um, right,
0: and be so in a have position
1: have to to actually yeah. have some success. When, yeah. When, when are they ever gonna be this high again, picking and not have had to trade assets to do it or anything like mm-hmm. that? It's um, yeah. like they have to be thinking about it. And Detroit probably wants somebody to sit behind Jared Goff. You don't need it, but it would be nice if you if one fell into your lap. All of this. This is the storyline, and it kind of mm-hmm. sucks that you know every draft season it's all about the quarterbacks but it, it's the most important position in the sport and of course the year where we have some actual intrigue and unc- uncertainty over what is going on because if bryce young if reality is if bryce young were 6'2 and 20 pounds heavier
0: no um, question they, there would be That's no it.
1: question but yeah. he's not he's drew right. he's he is like generationally slight for yeah. um the level of player that he's being talked about at And the other Mm -hmm. players have not been as good, but Anthony Richardson has all the potential in the world, and all of his issues, I think, are fixable. Um, I agree. And and on top of that, CJ Stroud is, you know, an extremely solid quarterback that has grown a lot. And you know, there's a lot of upside there, given that his best games that he played were probably his last two. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's all over the place.
0: So this is that's the story.
1: That's the storyline. Like
0: I agree. And typically, when we do these types of you know conversation shows like this, of like little primers. We each give something different, and for the sake of content, I will give you a different answer, but I just want you to know I 100% agree with you. That is the story heading into the draft in terms of what's going to happen and what people are paying attention to. I will give you something else so that we can, you know, for the content. I have a couple things that I do think are big stories, and we'll talk about the individual quarterbacks next week when we talk about um, offenses, and we'll do the strengths and weaknesses, and we'll we'll have the who do we think should go and and those conversations next week. Um, ranking those quarterbacks and and so on and so forth. But I think the Lamar Jackson situation is really hanging a big cloud over this entire quarterback talk. And I think that to me is the subplot of what it is. I kind of think we have to consider those two storylines to go hand in hand because for those unaware, Lamar Jackson, former NFL MVP, quarterback for currently the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, um, not only has requested a trade from the Ravens, But he was placed on the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that um, the franchise tag, if you are placed on the exclusive franchise tag, you cannot negotiate with other teams. You are given a one-year fully guaranteed contract that takes the average of, I believe, the the five median salaries at your position. So basically you're getting like a market rate, right, Um, of what your salary is. But it's fully guaranteed, which is something that's very rare in the NFL. So there is pros and cons into the situation if you're placed on the fully exclusive, you get a lot more money. But in this case, Lamar is placed on the non-exclusive franchise tag, which gives him slightly less money. I think it's instead of like $44 million on the exclusive franchise tag, the non-exclusive gives him, I think it's $31.5 million. But he is given the ability to communicate with other teams um, to negotiate a contract, and the Ravens have the first right of refusal of that contract. Now, the price for them to have that, you know, sign that contract is for the team is two first round picks. And when you say, wait a minute, I can get a, an NFL MVP, not, not NFL MVP quality caliber and a legitimate former NFL MVP at quarterback, the most important position in the league, someone who has proven that he can win football games by himself for only two first round draft picks. That sounds like a steal, but for some reason, and there's a lot of different factors that going on here.
1: Lot. Who knows what reason?
0: <laughs> Who knows, right? There's a lot of different factors going on here. Um, but he is not kind of being go- reached out to, you know. Like people aren't kind of going out there and they're not rushing to go get someone like Lamar Jackson. Whereas, if you could get some, if you could get Joe Burrow for two first round picks, people would throw themselves at that. <sighs> if you could get Mahomes. If you could get josh allen if you could get tua yes i put two in that conversation because i want to make myself feel better if you could and, and but i will mention trevor lawrence without being hyperbolic because i'm being 100 serious with trevor lawrence if you could get those okay. kind of quarterbacks for okay. two first round draft picks you run at that so the fact yeah. that lamar isn't being kind of thrown at is a big field big deal now he doesn't have an agent um, the Deshaun Watson situation is really messing up. And I feel like it's a combination of A, the NFL gonna NFL, and everyone can interpret that for how they want to interpret it. Um, mm-hmm. you have the Deshaun Watson messed up the quarterback market because he got so much guaranteed money that now people are looking and are like, wait a minute, you gave that guy all that money. I'm definitely worth it. You see some yeah. guys like Kyler Murray with incredible amounts of guarantees lamar is like i'm definitely better than those guys and he's right i deserve that or if not more so understandable that lamar doesn't want to sign those kind of contracts and then the third thing in this situation is the whole lamar doesn't have an agent thing i feel like there's a culture war going on between the players that want to represent themselves and the owners By saying, no, we want to keep this system in place of having the agent so we don't have to have direct contact with the players. And Lamar is currently threatening to bring down that situation. And we've seen in the past that when NFL owners want to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, handshake so that they're all in agreement with something, it can get done. And so I feel like there's a lot of different factors going on here. That is going to be something to monitor to see if one of those quarterback needy teams ends up pulling the trigger on Lamar Jackson, which would be a good idea for all of those teams if, if I was running those teams. Um, but it's very interesting to see how it uh, kind of ends up happening. So those are the storylines, I think, go hand in hand. But you're right, Tyler. The number one thing is who's going to go number yeah. one and how does the quarterback um, arms uh, race kind of go. So that's yeah. definitely like the biggest story. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: Well, I mean, it is funny because it, it's an unfortunate situation with Lamar because like I think that – whoever the next big quarterback to get asked for contract after uh, Deshaun Watson, it didn't matter who it was going to be. Whoever was the next big one was going to get messed up with a little bit because that was very much a, like, we can't be doing this. Yeah. So I I just think
0: it's a perfect storm. It
1: it doesn't matter who it was. Lamar was going to get, like, like Lamar just happened to be the one to get messed with that. But there is Mm -hmm. an element of, like, uh, there's a lot of other elements in it as well that are Mm -hmm. going against him, which is really unfortunate because he's, you know, really good. And in my opinion, it is frankly insane that Atlanta took themselves out of the name for that.
0: Um, well, I mean, when when a former NF when you can get a former NFL MVP for just two first-round picks and he's still in his 20s. I mean, you just have to say no to that, right, Tyler? Yeah, Especially hey, a tra- franchise that a tra- has tra- no quarterback, right? Yeah, it's a trap.
1: I mean, you know like hey, when i when I can look at if it's between Lamar and Jackson and Desmond Ritter, I just got to go with Desmond Ritter. You know me.
0: Like I mean, I mean, I watched that Cincinnati team. Did Lamar ever make the playoff? I don't think so. So I don't think so. <laughs> college football in my book, baby. Uh, I can't believe we just did that bit. Um, all right, let's move forward, Tyler. Who is a player that you think could go lower than anticipated?
1: Hmm. Well, so it's an interesting draft. Um, -hmm. I think the obvious answer, and as the person who goes first, I will, I will kind of, I'll stick to my role of doing the obvious answers. Um, (laughs) uh, I think it's going to have to be Jalen Carter. Um, I, I do still think that Jalen Carter will probably go high. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's,
0: but he doesn't go lower than Philly at 10. And we'll talk, we'll talk about this when we, in two weeks, when we do the defensive thing, we'll talk about this in depth, but I completely agree with you. I don't think he's going to drop too low. Philly at ten is to me. If he goes, if he falls past Philly at ten, we're looking at a drop. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But that's the thing. Like we were talking about him. There was a period of time where it was like Chicago had the first overall pick, and they were just like, "What if we just stay, stay there and take Jalen Carter?" And that that was the because he's, he's that level good player. This this guy's, but because of the off field uh, incident with drunk driving and all these mm-hmm. other things, and the timing of it and the bad look that it, the timing of that. Really, not only is it a bad situation, but the timing of the information releasing are right around the combine, right before mm-hmm. he decides to take the podium. Doesn't give off a good light either. Um, so it is a matter of like, like Philly's in the perfect spot. Like Philly is a team that can afford to take a swing on this if they mm-hmm. if they feel that those character concerns are not an issue or are worth the issue. Like this is something that they, they're in a perfect spot. They don't need that much. This would just make them better if they were to hit on it. But a lot of teams are going to be like, as good as he is, is it worth taking this player? And mm-hmm. so I think that the, I mean, but this thing going from number one overall consideration down to well, we know he won't fall past ten, um, is is the drop that is, and the, considering the level of player that Jalen Carter's been talked about, so that is a player that's going to go lower than expected or is most likely to go lower than expected. Am I
0: absolutely opinion. absolutely? And I think when you factor in the like how much each player is going to make based on the draft spot that they go like people. I don't think people understand that like the difference between being drafted um, one overall and four overall may not seem like it's that big of a difference in terms of like prestige. Cause you're still a top five pick in your draft class. You're still a great NFL player. And the odds are that you're going to have a successful career. If you're drafted that high up, the money difference in guaranteed money is insane. Let me, like let me give you um the the value differences between position right so the number one overall mm-hmm. player this is according to spotrack um spot uh spotrack yeah yeah uh, spotrack.com it's where if you're a sports nut like Tyler and I are and you're interested in like salary cap situations and guaranteed monies and stuff like that Spotrack.com. This is not a sponsor, but I uh, highly recommend using them for definitely for basketball, football, and baseball for hockey. There's a different website you want to use. Um uh and we can talk about that later, but this is not a hockey podcast. But the number one overall pick is guaranteed, Tyler, to get 40 40 million dollars, 40 million nine hundred and sixty nine thousand five hundred dollars fully guaranteed. Pretty nice. I think pretty nice, um, pretty, good. pretty nice. The difference between number one overall and number 10 overall, number 10 overall is estimated to get $22,344,812. Damn near almost half the amount of money from pick one to pick 10. So that is a lot of bread that Jalen Carter, maybe by his own fault or I, we don't know and all that stuff. And I don't want to speculate. But it is definitely a situation where he is at risk of losing a lot of money. Um, And personally, I'll I'll use this to kind of make my pick now. I feel like someone like a Will Levis is going to be in this situation. Now, we will talk about this more next week with the quarterback and the offensive players things. But I truly believe that of the four quarterbacks that are considered that top tier, Will Levis is the fourth best, in my opinion and i feel like there's going to be a lot of teams based on apparently he did not interview well at the combine apparently he did not um this whole draft process he did not want to play in the senior bowl um he he kind of has not been the most um i don't want to say responsible but kind of not been the most receptive in this entire situation in the draft process uh, apparently right well according to reports rumor has so it. i think that i think that teams if they can't get one of the top three will say, you know what? I don't know if it's worth it to use a top 10 pick on this guy. Maybe we'll just pick someone else. And I think enough teams are going to have that mentality that he's going to end up slipping. You know, I don't know if he'll go to round two, but I I think if he slips out of the top 10, given the quarterback class that we have right now and, and how it's pretty much these four quarterbacks and then the rest of them, I think teams may be, maybe, maybe I, I know that that's how us and you know draft coverage and draft media kind of have it as in there's four and then everyone else. But I'm thinking teams maybe it's like it's three and then everyone else. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I believe could happen. So I'll put Will Levis there. Um But on the positive side, Tyler, is there a player that you think could go higher than anticipated rather than lower?
1: This is tough because it is you're you're, you're measuring up against expectations and like so. I think the player that I think could go higher than uh, people anticipate. It' weird to kind of come back to uh, kind of come back to um, quarterbacks, but I do. I think I do think and Hooker can go higher than people anticipate. Hmm, like, really, Hendon Hooker is mostly looked at as like a second round pick, but it, it feels like with quarterbacks and the drive up, and like there are more than four teams that need, that need a quarterback, and I feel like a team is going to be convinced there's, I, there's a, I think a team is going to convince themselves to take Henry Hunker with a first round pick. So they get that fifth year option. But,
0: so maybe, maybe instead of being a high level second rounder, like he's projected to be, he's a late first. So just, just so yeah. they have that extra year, that fifth year option.
1: I think so. That That's, that's what okay. I can see happening. I mean, there's a lot of things like I, I think other candidates, um, I think, uh, Jordan Addison from USC, um, the wide receiver. Uh, additionally, like, a bunch of the t- tight ends. Um, I think Darnell Washington from Georgia, uh, who's could go pretty high. Um, he's an absolute physical freak. But it is one of those things, where, like, because he's a quarterback and it, it's valued in a certain way. And the drop-off is really pretty big between after the first four. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think Will Levis is the clear number four of those four. But I do think mm-hmm. that there is, like, a step a definite tier step underneath Will Levis because uh, Will Levis has a lot of tools that the other guys don't have.
0: And um, Hendon Hooker – Hendon also, I also – he's 24 and he's coming off of an ACL and torn ACL. And there's a lot of questions of can he get any better. I mean at least with, with Richardson and Levis and their tools, you can look at them and be like, oh, they're like 21, 22. OK. <sighs> with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, it's like we know that they're good quarterbacks. It's a Mm -hmm. matter of can they fit whatever system. And I guess with Bryce, it's a matter of height and and size. But again, they're still young. They're 21-ish, you know. Mm -hmm. Hooker's 24, 25, coming off of a torn ACL. Like, there's a lot of question marks there. So I can see it happening in terms of someone trading with, you know, someone trading into the 29 spot, 30 spot to get that extra, um, you know, first round, I'm sorry, fifth year. Um, well, and that's the option. but it,
1: but it's also like at twenty two and twenty three for like like if Lamar Jackson is traded away from Baltimore, do you, does Baltimore take Penn and Hooker? Like, I don't think they would. But it's like, does Minnesota take him to back up Kirk Cousins? Does um,
0: do the Giants take him to? No, I don't want to say the Giants. Do the Vikings take or, him? Maybe they're looking yeah, to, I mean, to get rid of Kirk. If, Cea- um, if Seattle
1: doesn't get a quarterback up at five, um, do mm-hmm. they take Kevin Hooker at 20? Because Seattle has two picks in the first round. I
0: New, mean, New Orleans has the 29th overall pick that they got from San Francisco. Maybe they take him there. I, I, I can see it happening. You're right. I can yeah, see it happening. Maybe
1: De- maybe Detroit uh, Detroit has two picks as well. Maybe Detroit trades down from 18 down to a lower spot and takes Hannah Hooker there to back up Andrew Goff, uh, Jared That's... Goff, and then go from there. I can like, see it. It's one of those things where, like, it, it depends on the team, but you only need one team, and teams get quarterback needy. So I think mm-hmm. that, um, and this is just a year where you got you to gotta get them in the first, like, seven picks if you want any of these top yeah. four guys. I Look, mean, there's, Washington, there's... Washington doesn't have any quarterbacks.
0: Um... No, I know. There's, there's 30 teams, 31 teams picking in the first round this year. You could easily say seven to ten of them are, if not definitely taking a quarterback would absolutely are, are definitely considering it depending on how the board falls. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's maybe absolutely. 10 teams like that. So you're right. All you need is one. Um, For me, the player I think can go higher than anticipated. I'm going to put two players here if that's okay. I'm just going to slot in the running back position. Um, And I'm going to, it's going to be both Bijan John Robinson and J- Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I think one of those players is going to be taken. I think, but honestly, I think both of those players are going to be taken similar to that Hendon hooker take at the end of the first round. So they can have the fifth year option. Um, We've seen the, the days of taking Ezekiel Elliott three overall and Saquon Barkley two overall. We're past those days. That's not happening. A running back is not going in the top 10 top 15 anymore. That is reserved for quarterbacks, wide receivers interior, uh, players that play along the line, both offense and defense, you know, sk- different players are going to uh-huh. go there. But I think the pendulum has kind of swing swung a bit too far where it's like, never take a running back in the first round. Um, I feel like that makes sense when you're talking about like the first 15 picks, but I don't think it makes sense when you're holding pick 27, you know, 26. I think at that point you should just take it so that you get that extra fifth year, Rookie option. We, we've referenced this a lot. And for those who don't know, um, rookie contracts in the NFL are four years. Um, but if you're a first round draft pick, there is a fifth year option. Uh, if you're a first round draft pick, not only is your deal fully guaranteed, that first, that first year fully guaranteed, but your fifth round, um, you get a fifth year option where the team can Choose to exercise that option and pay you not at the rookie rate you were making. you make a you get a significant pay raise for the fifth year, but it's not nearly what you would make on the open market um, depending on the player, right? So like for example, the Dolphins picked up TuA's fifth year option instead of paying instead of going to contract negotiations where because Tua you know if 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 healthy is one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the league um, when healthy. Instead of paying him at a rate where like, oh, hey, look, Kirk Cousins got this deal. I want this deal, you know, where it takes up a large percentage of your cap. You kind of get a buffer zone where they go from like 5% of your cap to then going up to maybe like 12 to 15 before they can take that step to like 20, 21% of your cap, which is what, you know, the top quarterbacks make in that sense. So um Burrow is playing on that fifth year option Um the not in this season but the season after that and then he will kind of reset the quarterback market two is in that same class so that's the same timetable but just so people know that's that's the big incentive on that so for me it's those running backs um Mm -hmm. those running backs are the ones in my opinion that are gonna be they could go higher than anticipated and i just think it's because like i said the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction people are gonna be like whoa someone took a running back in the first round but like you, you take a look, and it's like, oh, okay, Buffalo took a running back at 27 overall. Yeah. Buffalo got Bijan Robinson. You're going to tell me that that's not going to be a good draft pick for the Buffalo Bills? Watch. Now I said that, and that's going to happen on 27th, and I'm going to just ruin It's going to yeah, ruin yeah, the whole weekend. Are you sure you want that, buddy? I don't at all. um I would honestly much like that not to happen than to be right with the content. Uh, I think if this is one of those moments. I'll sacrifice the content for my personal happiness rather than having to deal with Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs twice a season, potentially three times because we're just bound to play the bills in the playoffs every year until the end of eternity, I guess. Um. Anyway, now that you got me all mad that we don't have that, now that you got me mad that I can't take B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs in the first round, let's go ahead and move forward and talk about your absolute favorite player in this draft, Tyler. This is really tough because – I'm afraid you're gonna take mine because we think so similarly.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna take Anthony Richardson if that's what.
0: No, you're he wasn't. Say. He's not. No, no, no. Oh, I love. Cool.
1: I love Ar. He's uh, my uh, guy. It's, Hope it's he does like, it's well. It's like kind of this weird thing where like he obviously is kind of my favorite or the one I'm hoping mm-hmm. does the best. Right, but he's not really my favorite player in the draft. Um,
0: I could cop out and say the two Gators that are projected to be first rounders and Richardson and Osiris Torrance, but I won't be copping out and I say
1: won't because we're for the content
0: exactly. Um, we're for you, the people.
1: Yes. I think... So my favorite player in this draft... Um, I'm trying to think, like, how do I pick? Because I'm, I'm debating between two. And one mm-hmm. is like because of how they've handled the draft like situation, the interviews they've given, or whatnot. And the other is just mm-hmm. like I love this player so much in college; I'm very interested to see how they go.
0: I'll tell um, you right now, my selection is of the is of the second points thinking. Yeah, I, this is just an absolute dog that I love to watch on Saturdays that I can't wait to watch on Sundays. I
1: think I, I think my my favorite player in the draft that I, and the player I'm most interested in is uh, Quentin Johnson from TCU. Um, Damn it, that was my you, player. I, 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 it, is, it
0: feels good. Um, I mean, he is a he is a dog. We can't. Well, that it's out. interesting
1: because this is not the strongest um, wide receiver class. Uh, it, in no. a world, in a world, in a in a uh, an age of football where the wide receiver has now kind of like there used to be a time in these drafts where like wide receiver was something you don't you don't look at till end of the first round if they're um or like second if they're unless they're like generational because like. It was about line play and things like that. And now, I mean, line play is still super, super huge, but the running back and the wide receiver have kind of flipped in the regards to their importance on like mm-hmm. draft needs. It is more important to have three good wide receivers than to have two good running backs. Absolutely. Like in, in like both, but it depends on your style of play and all that. But like generally, the wide receiver position in the last five to ten years has really become more important than the right in, in regard to invest talent in. Quentin Johnson is interesting because in a wide receiver class that's not really that stacked compared to like a lot of the p- previous years, he not only was an excellent college player and played in a not-pro-style offense, so theoretically there could be a lot more to his game than he has not unlocked, and I love Max Duggan for the dog that he is, but he wasn't playing with an NFL quarterback, so, uh, and he was putting up those numbers. All that to say, Quinn Johnson is also of a particular size category and physicality category, that not really a lot of the other wide receivers at the top of this class are. They're can almost I, all slot guys. Like, so can, and, I re- can
0: I read this off for you? I want to go ahead and emphasize that point. Quinn Johnson, according to the Draft Network, great website, draftnetwork.com, that's what we use. Um, according to the Draft Network, Quinn Johnson is the top-rated wide receiver in the draft. Um, he is listed at 6'4", 212 pounds. Tyler, do you know the next highest, uh, the next biggest wide receiver um in the draft according to these rankings. Six it's said Ced- six foot three, but oh. it's Cedric Tillman from from Tennessee, who is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, who is the eighth highest rated wide receiver. So what a drop-off in terms of there, if you want to get a, if you want a wide receiver this draft, and it's in, and it's not a speed, um, slot guy like the majority of players kind of have been coming out have been, and you want a capital D dog, you want a Jamar Chase, you want a Justin Jefferson, you want someone you can line up on the outside to go get the football, but also has incredible route running abilities, can also be quick, and also is able to get up there with his size. This is your only option in the draft. Now mm-hmm. you could hit on someone. Listen, Antonio Brown went in the, in the fourth round or whatever it was. So you're going to be able to get some studs in the late rounds if you, you know, do your homework properly. But in terms of, like you said, surefire, you know, uh, highly rated draft prospects at the wide receiver position, especially at the X, which is, you know, the bigger, um, kind of what you consider to be a more traditional wide receiver. There's really only one option and it's Quentin Johnson.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Man, I would – they won't take him because it's not high on our priority list. But, man, I would love him in Jacksonville. Um, like, it would
0: be fun, we, man. It would, I, don't, too I don't think he's there.
1: Well, yeah. But we, we've got too many other needs and too many other positions. And also, like, we haven't – Jacksonville has have talented receivers, but almost all of them are those slot speedy guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, it would be irresponsible, in my opinion, for the Chargers to pick Quentin Johnson because that's the only type of wide receiver they already have. If they they need they need a Jackson Smith Jigba. I
0: need, just like, I don't want I don't, follows, don't want any good like, players to go to the Chargers not because I, this whole Tua versus <laughs> Herbert thing, but because I feel like anytime a good player goes to the Chargers, they immediately develop some kind of hamstring injury that puts them out for 12 of the 17 games. You know what I mean? It's like good Lord, like they just can't stay on the field. For, I feel bad for Herbert. Like I <laughs> I'm not I don't I don't I'm I'm the rare people think I'm like anti-Herbert because I'm so pro Tua and I want that no they don't need to be mutually excu- exclusive. If one is good, it doesn't mean the other is bad. They can both be good. They can both be good fits for their teams, you know. Now, that's going to be different when I go to the Chargers Dolphins game this season with you and and you know, I talk all of All that, all all that trash. Absolutely. You kidding me? I'm going to be. You? I'm going to yell in Spanish just so people can, you know, Uh, make sure they know. You
1: you would have come to the right city. That's very true.
0: That's very true. Um, Uh, Tyler, I'm going to. I'm going to make mine easy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to make mine really easy. Um, his name is Will Anderson Jr. Oh yeah, he was good. It's really simple for me. Um, you're getting. You are locking down the edge rush position for the next 10 years if you draft Will Anderson Jr., in my opinion. And I don't really think there's much else to say. He's a dog. He's an animal. We know exactly who he is, especially if you listen to this podcast. We we talk about Alabama and, and a lot of college football stuff and how he, he, he quite literally could have won the Heisman a couple of years ago. Like, not exaggerating. Like, quite literally we could stopped. have won the Heisman as a defensive stopped. edge. He was close. So that's who I'm going with there um Tyler let's um let's talk about teams now instead of individual players which team let's go negative first and then we'll be positive which team do you think is most likely to mess up their pick
1: well I'll tell you who's least likely Miami you Dolphins. Have, you don't have to do <laughs> this. You don't have to do this. <laughs> uh, look, I only have one more month while this, this is still a thing, and I mm-hmm. I, I got to milk it for all it's worth. Anyway, yeah, but I actually mm-hmm. believe the team most likely to mess up their first pick because they seem to mess up picks every single year that they make them, and it's finally ha- – I, I think maybe finally it came due this year, but I've been yelling at them, and they've been winning regardless, and so now it's kind of like coming back. The team most likely to mess up their first their pick in the first round specifically – it's the Green Bay Packers. It's always the Green Bay Packers. They, <laughs> like, no one's going to talk about that because they're not—they're not picking high yet. They're um, picking number fifteen overall. Uh, for
0: those wondering,
1: um, Green Bay, as as for years, we we've been yelling at them to take a wide receiver. They refuse to do it. They keep taking running backs or edge players that don't contribute. Um, and which is actually really funny in the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, where he's like, he wants to go to a team that like will be more convinced uh more uh convicted into winning right now and yet and then he went to the
0: he wants to go to the jets well yeah but like also i want to win and i want a competent franchise i'm gonna go to the jets
1: (laughs) come on man his suggested free agent list is literally just everyone in green bay so it's like so you clearly don't have a problem with their draft choices you know what, though?
0: Plans, like... in, in defense of the darkness retreat, in defense of the ay- ayahuasca, and in defense of the craziness that is Aaron Rodgers, I too want to perpetually live in the year 2011. I also want to <laughs> always live freshman year of high school, great music. I was playing sports, doing theater, I was living the life I was a kid, no worries in the world. I too would like to live in 2011 <laughs> permanently. Unfortunately, it, it, it's like, the, nah, like it's, the I, well it's like the meme of the who was it greg jennings in the madden game where he like the the the, the meme where he like breaks his leg and like continues running all the way down the field that's kind of what he thinks is going to happen it's like dude no like you had a gr- you had great wide receiver core and you're like you know who i need i need greg jennings again i need J- J- jordy jordy nelson again i need it's like what are you yeah. doing dude i don't know yeah, but I,
1: and, but like this isn't even about Aaron Rodgers. It's like Green Bay consistently, I think, makes very poor choices with their first round picks. Um, say
0: the stat. Say the stat. <sighs> say the stat. I believe
1: Mar, I believe Mercedes Lewis was the first player that Aaron Rodgers, uh, the first player taken in the first round of a draft that Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown to. Um,
0: it, man, what, what? What's the other stat? What's the stat? You know the stat. We've said the stat on this show before. Give me a second. Um, I'm forgetting. (laughs) The stat is that in the Aaron Rodgers era, from the moment that they drafted Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers have never, ever selected a wide receiver in the first round.
1: That was what it was. Yes. And that's Um, because
0: Mercedes Lewis, he's a tight end. (laughs) I think he lined up at end. When he He's got the there.
1: first player in Aaron Rodgers' career, I think, that has co- that it was a first round player that has caught his a touchdown pass from him, which
0: is insane. Like, and um, I, think, I mean, I have to double check, but I don't even think I don't think the Packers drafted him. No, the Jaguars know. did. There we go. There we go. See, talking to Jaguars. Mercedes fan, exactly Lewis, I mean. Jaguars
1: legend. Mercedes Lewis. Oh, of God. course,
0: absolutely. Most notably known for being the first. First round pick that <laughs> Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown. Moving to. on,
1: the Green Bay Moving Packers on. are going to. Green Bay Packers are going to pick something that is, they shouldn't, and that's that. I'm going to laugh. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to pick a wide receiver, but if they do, that would be hilarious.
0: Um, I'm going to laugh when they trade into the top ten to select um, <laughs> to select uh, Quentin Johnson. Like it's going to be hilarious. That would be, be, be hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> Um, for me, the team most likely to mess up their pick. I'm debating between two, but I think I'm going to go with the team that has kind of the most, I have no idea what's going to happen situation. And it's the Arizona Cardinals at sitting at number three. My other option was the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> but, um, I don't, I don't want to be too mean to, to our boy, uh, our boy, Dede, so our boy.
1: So we don't want
0: do that. But if you look at, if you look at the Cardinals, right. So they yeah. don't need a quarterback quote unquote, but I, I, if but I would be thinking, I love Papa Kai. I love, you know, I think he's got good ability, but clearly I don't think that he's that much of a fit with that program with mm-hmm. that franchise. Um, They have a new coach coming in. I'm curious to see like what sometimes like when you're picking that high, it's like, okay, don't mess this up. And like, Sometimes a lot of teams overthink things. It's like, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Like, for example, when the Bengals had the fifth overall pick, um the year that um when the Bengals had the fifth overall pick that they took Jamar Chase, right? Yeah. Um, you and I both were like, they need to take um Penny Sewell, they need to take the lineman. Burrow just got his ACL messed up. They need a quarter, they need to protect him, blah, blah, blah. And they went with their wide receiver. And we both in the moment were like, mm, love the player, love Jamar Chase. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But I think it's going to bite them in the butt in the long run. And what happened? They made the Super Bowl two years later. They made the AFC Championship Games three years later. Clearly, we were wrong. That was the right pick. And we were overthinking it. We were yes, overthinking but just,
1: it. But just, just to throw a, so it makes
0: it look a little bit better.
1: That for I, I'm just saying the fourth down that they lost the Super Bowl on Jamar Chase was open and,
0: um, and uh, so the Joe and he, got sacked by a free rushing Aaron Donald. Uh, that, uh, that, I will agree with you. I will agree with you on that one. Uh, but the point was, it wasn't it wasn't the wrong pick. And you and I were doing a lot of overthinking. I'm afraid yeah. that someone like a Will Anderson is going to be there at three and the Cardinals are uh-huh. like overthinking it like. What if we take this guy? But wait, what if we pair this with Kyler? But oh my gosh, what if this, I don't know, whatever the situation is. New coach, a lot of new coaches, they want to make a splash, put their identity on the team, this and that, whatever. There's just a lot of question marks with an organization that I just don't 100% trust. And when you're at the three or four spot, you need to at least have an organization, someone running it that you trust is making the smart decision, right? Because there's like seven different options that you can go with. Four of them are might be – it, it, the pick that they make might be a good pick, but it might not be the right pick. And when you look back in three years, are we going to look back at that three slot and be like, man, you know who the Cardinals passed up on? Will Anderson. Man, the Cardinals passed up on Anthony Richardson. Wow, the Cardinals could have had Bryce Young, but the, you know what I mean? It, it's a question of what's going to happen there. And so I think the question marks and them sitting at three and the question marks I have with that organization – are kind of all coalescing together to form this. I don't think I. I don't think I trust the Cardinals in this spot. Therefore, they're my team that I think is most likely to make uh, yeah. a poor decision.
1: They they should trade down, but
0: um, they should they should trade down. I don't think they will. Right. Yeah. But uh, a team that is most likely to make a fantastic pick, Tyler. Who do you have um, on the opposite end of that?
1: I, I think it's the Philadelphia Eagles because um, they I think are set up
0: nice in this. draft. is
1: just they, they they're, they're playing with house money right now. They are uh, they made the Super Bowl. They're keeping the core pretty much everybody from that run um, beyond the coordinators, which again they probably need to get rid of. The uh, The players seem to think that the defensive coordinator was a problem anyway, and which was interesting to me um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they promoted Brian Johnson to OC so in my opinion that's a, that's an upgrade. Um but they did <laughs>
0: lose Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So they did. gain a gator lose a gator.
1: Um but they have two first round picks. Um they made it to the Super Bowl. They look like they're keeping everybody everybody important from that run for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're already if they didn't add a single piece they'd be they'd be uh, favorites to get at least get to the Super Bowl. Now they've got two uh first round picks one in the top 10. Um uh, it likely looks like they will get Jalen Carter on their already formidable defensive line. So Which is Philadelphia, insanity. And I don't even know what they're going to do with their later pick in the first round. So, like Philadelphia is just really set up to just pick the best player for what they want to do. And Completely agree. So I think they're in the best situation.
0: I think a team similar in a similar spot, not as not as good of a season as you know made the Super Bowl, but in the same conference in a similar situation. I'm going to go with Seattle sitting mm, at five because yeah. they also have two first round picks. They made the playoffs. They gave Geno Smith an extension. But when you look at the extension, it's not this like we're married to him for a decade or even five years. I think after like the second year, there's a pretty easy way for them to kind of move on. So I think I really think that this is this to me is the perfect storm. I think Anthony Richardson is going to fall to fifth. I think Ooh. he's going to go to Seattle. I think he's going to sit and learn behind a veteran quarterback like Geno Smith that has been proven to be competent. And, you know, the whole redemption arc of he was finally given a second chance in the league after a while. I think that this is going to be the perfect situation, not just for Richardson, but the perfect situation for Seattle. And I'm hoping that this results in Um, You know, Anthony Richardson getting the education that he needs. A quarterback like Pete Carroll, who has had success at the collegiate level, who knows how to work with young guys like that, who molded and understands that. And and, and honestly, I feel like if Richardson shows that he's ready to go, I mean, are we we too naive to remember when Seattle signed Johnny Flynn to a big money contract and before the first game of the season – fourth round draft pick, Russell Wilson was already named the starter. So like, he's not afraid to, Oh, Hey, listen, listen, man, this guy just beat you out. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's going to be Seattle. I'm hoping that, I think that's what's going to happen. I hope that's what happens. Um, but even if Richardson doesn't get to them, even if they maybe decide to pass on Richardson, I have full faith in that organization to make the right decision. Um they're in a given good how position. strong they're, they're given, position. how good they were last season and, we're not talking about this enough, the deal of the decade and getting rid of Russell Wilson at the right moment and getting a haul for someone who was very clearly capital W washed. That is a smart organization. And I have full faith with them to make a good decision with a, after going eight and seven, making the playoffs last season. Um, and you know, being able to have a top five pick. Yeah. Give it to me, man. I, I, I trust the Seahawks all day on that. So, That's my pick. Awesome. Um, From Seattle to Duval County, Tyler, what do you think your beloved Jacksonville Jaguars should be doing with the number 24 overall pick in the first round of the NFL draft?
1: Well, a couple positions to address uh, for the Jaguars. Um, The big ones, I think, are tackle, edge, and safety. Or just defensive back in general. Um, it really depends a lot on how it falls because uh, Jawan Taylor went to the Chiefs, um, kind of unavoidable in my opinion because it is one of those back. things. That I, I they want they Jacksonville wanted to keep him. I think he would have wanted to stay, but the Chiefs offered him eighteen million dollars, and Jacksonville was not going to. When you had a sixth man on your offensive line, Walker Little that was playing very well at the end of the season because of people that were injured. Like mm-hmm. we
0: don't, and, and not just—it's just too much money, and not just eighteen million, but and as much as we, you and I both love the prince that was promised, Trevor Lawrence, he 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 has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback now. Like you know, yeah, it's, oh yeah, Mahomes yeah, is, is the best
1: quarterback in the league. Like um, eighteen
0: eighteen million, and I'm the left tackle for the best quarterback in the league on a team that could realistically win three or four more Super Bowls in the next decade. Yeah, I think it's a smart. It was inevitable.
1: Yeah, it, it, I don't, I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel like the Jaguars whiffed on that. It was just a matter of like, yeah. because it honestly would have been like, that's a lot of money to devote to that player when you got it. You got to start freeing up some cap space Um, necessarily. So you'll need a tackle. You have, mm-hmm. I think five starters in the offensive line right now, but I think you should, get, you, your sixth man is now your fifth man you need a sixth man. You need a developmental rookie, like a a good uh, top line guy can get it. Mm -hmm. Additionally, to let Arden Arden Key walk um, to Tennessee, which would have liked to keep him. But honestly, it was a contributor, but not as big on the line. So I definitely something to look at at edge. This is not the strongest edge class past the first uh, 15 picks. Um, So you could wait to get that in my opinion. And the other one is safety or defensive back in general, because I think that was still a weakness of the team in general last season was the mm-hmm. defensive backs. Um, Tyson Campbell is great in my opinion, and Andre Cisco really showed, and Andrew Wingard actually proved to be a solid, valuable player. But it's just I still think uh, you need a quarterback, uh, you need a cornerback too, a CB two to really help out Tyson Campbell, and I think or or a safety to help balance out Andre Cisco. So I think defensive back. I would go offensive line is what I would. Okay. I, so with. I, I understand I understand the edge player and the defensive back would um, have more immediate playing time. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing for this team right now is protecting the quarterback, making sure he develops. That's how you're going to keep winning games. Um, this should be, I think as a draft, this should continue to be a defensively focused draft for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But I think that with the first pick, if you can, if, if one falls into your lap, I think that you should get, um, on offensive lineman. Um,
0: yeah, if
1: not, then I would, I would lean towards defensive back because I think, I, I, I think we're kind of lacking in that area. Whereas like defensive line, I think we're good. We just, we're not great. And mm-hmm. we, we should be better, but defensive backs, that's something where I'm like, I think that is the weakness of the defense. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: I think I think in terms of addressing the offensive line, um, there's three tackles that I think will be gone in the first 20 picks, in the first 15 picks, really. Um, and that's Broderick uh, Jones out of Georgia, Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, and Peter Skornowski out of Northwestern. Um, all three of those guys are the top three rated offensive linemen on the board. All three are tackles. I think they'll be gone. So I think what you'll be... I think what you should be doing there, Tyler, is looking at maybe an interior offensive lineman at that point. And there, I think the two options, two or three options. I think you have John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. Um, you have our boy Osiris Torrance out of Florida, and you have Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. Those are kind of the ne- the next three in that offensive line rankings according to the Draft Network. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jacksonville go back to the Florida well. I mean, we've seen. We've seen That's that the good. Jags like to draft former Gators um, at different positions, and it really has worked out. Jawan Taylor was a former Gator who worked out. Um, uh, who was the cornerback that you guys traded to? C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson. Who was, who
1: was good his first year? Who um, was? I, I think, I I think, think that, that was more – some off-field stuff that didn't yes. – yes, he needed to change the situation. Um, exactly
0: and i don't think that was but, the, any fault of the jags or any fault of him in that sense so um yeah, so yeah maybe uh, maybe you guys hit the osiris torrance excuse I'm me also, let me I'm let me say his fantasy. full name I was gonna say Sorry. let me say his full name that is consensus 2022 consensus all-american in uh, offensive guard osiris torrance who had his brick unveiled earlier this week at the university of florida so shout out to very our nice, boy osiris very nice um, who did not allow a single sack in his time at florida i mean granted I it was one it. year but whatever
1: but, like, you know, 13 games, no sacks. That's, ah,
0: that's a big but, deal. That's a big deal. Um, Absolutely. And I cut you off. I'm so sorry, Tyler. What were you going to say?
1: Well, no, I mean, I'm also looking at uh, Darnell Wright, the uh, tackle from Tennessee. Um, that's, well. a, another I, I, that's
0: another I good shot. That's another good shot.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's a matter of those are the three areas that I think you really need to focus on because we have um, Guy Calvin really coming in with wide receiver. Um, if you could take another tight end, you could probably get one in the second round. Um, that could be mm-hmm. really nice to compare with Evan Ingram because you know Doug Peterson likes his two tight end sets. But we, we're keeping Evan Ingram, so that's huge. The offense from a skill position standpoint, right now, not too many holes that I'm super worried about plugging. Um, I want you got to strengthen the line because Travis. You want you also want to make sure that Travis Etienne is doing his best to be able to uh, and he because he's a weapon for that offense. And so Jemichael Lacy and Snoop Connor were good last year as well. The running game is important.
0: Um, Calvin Ridley is going to be making an appearance. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a fun one.
1: So, so I would prefer offensive line personally, but yeah, cool. that, that's where I, that's where I would go. I'd be okay with edge or defensive back as well.
0: Mm-hmm. You wrote on here something that I did not write, which is what would the Dolphins have done? Um, and number one, very funny. Number two, me personally, I would have just drafted Jalen Waddle. Me, personally, I would have just taken Tua Tagovailoa. Me, personally, I would have just traded for Tyreek Hill. I mean, me, personally, I'd have hired Mike McDaniels as my head coach. Me, personally, I'd have brought on Vic Fangio as my defensive coordinator. I mean, wait, hold on, Tyler, but above all those things, me, personally, I'd have traded for Jalen Ramsey and only given up a third-round pick and a backup tight end that has six career catches. Me personally, Tyler, me personally, I would just win the Super Bowl this year. That's what I would do. You know, if I was a doll, I would just do that. But, you know, y'all be easy. I don't know about y'all poverty franchises out here needing first round reinforcements. I mean, we got that on lock over here. You know, Uh, I'd like to thank not only God, but uh, Laramie Tunsil for, you know, (laughs) doing his thing. Appreciate you, my guy. The goat of all goats. Future future statue outside of Dolphin Stadium. Um Hard Rock Stadium, I guess. Larry, the Larry Tunsil situation
1: is the gift that keeps on giving. Like the Larry... every, year, every year I'm like, okay, well that happened, and then it's like, no, and I got we we turned it into this, and then also this. <laughs> I'm like, how how can you still keep getting stuff out of this trade?
0: <laughs> there are articles as recent as November 1st of 2022. For, th- this is an article on Sports Illustrated, November 1st, 2022. Yet another fruit from the tunsil trade tree. Because somehow, some way, the Bradley Chubb trade from last year is technically on the uh a part of the trade tree. Do you want to read all the players um from the Laramie Go Tunsil ahead. trade Go tree? Ahead. Okay, that, good. I'm so glad you said yes because that was I was going to read it anyway. That was so rhetorical. <laughs> if I don't, if I can't have a draft pick this season in the first round, I'm reading this on the pod. Okay, all you got to right, give me right. something. Dolphins players acquired as a direct or indirect result of the Laramie Tunsil trade: tackle Julian Davenport, defensive back Johnson Betamosi, cornerback Noah Igbahavani, which or didn't like that pick that much, but whatever. Wide receiver Jalen ha- Jalen Waddle, safety Javon Holland. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. Linebacker, Channing Tyndall. Wide receiver, Eric Ezukanma. Linebacker, Bradley Chubb. Players or draft picks that we had to give up in those deals. We gave up um, Tunsil, obviously. Kenny Stills. Chase Edmonds. And then just a plethora of... In 2020, it was a fourth. In 21, it was a fourth and a sixth. In 22, it was a first, second, fourth. And this year, it's a fourth round and a sixth rounder and next year another fourth rounder and that first round pick was the trade with um the trade to with uh philadelphia to go back up and to get jalen waddle so i would say it was worth it <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean pretty good pretty good just an incredible trade The the gift that keeps on giving you love to see it um tyler that's uh that's it for our little uh draft introduction i'm, I'm so glad that we were able to kind of you know break the ice and get our feet wet with draft coverage and doing all these things. Uh, Next week, we'll be back. We will be talking about the offensive position players having a discussion. We'll rank the quarterbacks. We will have the who should go. Number one conversation. We will have the, where's the best fit for the top running backs. We will have the, if you could choose between X wide receiver and X wide receiver, who would you go with? Um, We will have all of those conversations next week. The week after we'll do that for defensive players. And then the week after that is draft week where we will be mock drafting and uh, deciding who it is that we would pick if we were in those general manager chairs. Tyler, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off on this week's episode?
1: Um, just that uh, we know we talked about the top the podcast, um, a big team podcast network is mm-hmm. so now for uh, the time being. Uh, but you can still find us at our normal place, and it's very exciting to be talking about draft coverage because we mm-hmm. uh, we love talking about this. It's the intersection of college football and the professional football, something that we're both really into. As uh, I think everyone yes. who this is this is very aware. Um, <laughs> exciting, uh, very excited to talk about it um, uh, heading forward, uh, and it's an exciting time. I mean, more so for me than for you because you know my team has a first
0: round pick. But um, yeah. I think honestly, though, to be one hundred percent transparent. The Jalen Ramsey trade really lifted my spirits like good. That's pretty- I was like I was like this is my draft night when that trade yeah. happened was, this is my draft night I'm uh, that's okay I the draft will be so much more bearable yes they're not going to talk about the Dolphins as much but you can guarantee that they're going to be like if you're wondering why there's only 31 picks and then they're going to go through the whole punishment and all this stuff but then they're going to talk about the Dolphins and I feel like going into this season I really feel like the Dolphins are in as good of a position as I have ever felt to contend, right? Like, still haven't I think won... So. Still- this is probably the most
1: optimism you should have. You, you oh, could, yeah. You, have, you could
0: have ever had. We still like- haven't won a playoff game, but we are now, like, really in the... Mi- no, no, seriously. But, like, no, now I think last season and the season before, I think the expectations were, like, okay, get to the playoffs. And I think if you got to the playoffs, it was showing this, you know, effort and this proof of concept. Last year it was okay, once we got to the playoffs we were like, all right, we're not going to beat Buffalo. Then we almost did and it was cuz Skylar Thompson was in at quarterback. You can't tell me if Tua wasn't in there. But then again, you can't even say the like, oh, but if Tua was there it'd be fine because there's serious health concerns with Tua as well. And so, you know, as Dolphin fans, you know, we struggle with this whole we want Tua to be healthy, but also he uh. he's our he's our guy, but also I also don't want to tell him what to do with his life. But if it was me, I probably wouldn't be playing. You know what I mean? We're in this weird yeah. situation where we want the best for him, but we also want him out there to play football. Um, and he, I think most importantly, he wants to be out there playing football, you yeah. know?
1: You got you got one thing going for you. Um, Which is? You also, you also signed White Mike. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you called him White Mike and not Mike Yeah, White. that's his name. <laughs> Is that my wrong? Those are the two words in his name. White, comma, Mike. Yes, yeah, correct. A brown yeah, boy. Comma, Mike. Absolutely. Hometown, uh, man. hometown,
1: hero.
0: Hometown kid. Hometown kid. Oh, okay. uh, Miami, Florida. Broward, Broward County. Broward County, County Florida. There you go. <laughs> no, but also on top of that, they also brought in Braxton Berrios, who was with the Jets for the past few years. Oh, you remember really? he was? Yeah, they brought in that? Berrios. Is like a, you know, wow. Cuban Cuban American kid, and you know, good guy. remember so. when? Remember when you, uh,
1: you could. Remember when people talked about draft – remember how you dodged the Zach Wilson bullet? Remember how you dodged that?
0: I didn't dodge the Zach – what are you talking about, dodge the Zach Wilson bullet? I owned up to that. I said I was so wrong, and I owned up to it before the draft. I was like, you know what, guys? I've done my homework, and you know what? I may have just gotten carried away with some incredible throws. And I was – I turned out it was correct. Never – I've never been able to have –
1: Because I forgot which draft he was in. I'm misremembering. Sorry. Sorry. I was talking about how okay. I dragged the
0: Zach Wilson bullet. Oh, yes, um, you definitely dragged that uh, died Sorry, that bullet.
1: Uh, But wow, uh, it's also a funny thing that we we kind of touched on that I want to see as we wrap up that there's a possibility that a lot of this can be shaken up by the fact that the Aaron Rodgers Green Bay and the Jets thing has still not resolved.
0: That's true, um, and the and we, the Lamar thing
1: there's two thing. things. So everything we talk about hugely in flux, which is very exciting because a lot of times drafts at this point is very much like, a, well, we're just kind of waiting around until the draft starts and we're talking mm-hmm. about. It. But this is very much like at any moment, these huge things that we do expect to happen or resolve in some capacity before the draft could drop and changes mm-hmm. everything,
0: which is a very and exciting. Or, thing. or it could not happen before the draft and it can get pushed to the summer and then it could cause an even but, bigger. And that's whatever. exciting in its own way. So exactly so here's here's to hoping we get another wait the packers drafted jordan love situation because that was incredible for the content all of that being said tyler uh this has been another episode of sideline judgment my name is sergio my name is tyler and we are not biased tyler but go gators fins up there you go so glad you could take the cue